Welcome to the Clean Economy Time Podcast. I'm Aaron Sorrells. And I'm Brian Atkinson. Today, our guest is Maher Mata. Maher has been making people laugh since elementary school, and these days he performs around the country as a top five dry bar special, personally speaking, and as a regular at the Arab American Comedy Festival at New York's Gotham Comedy Club. We're going to talk with him about the good, the bad, and the funny. Well, as you heard, my name is Maher It's unbelievable. <laughs> the full name is actually Mahir Kamal Mata. Isn't that nice? Thank you. In Arabic, Mahir means skill. In English, Mahir means airport security, is what it means. <laughs> Uh, that's so lovely and unfortunate all at the same time. Maher, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, Maher, we are looking forward to talking with you. Thanks for being here. Thanks, guys. Uh, thank you so much for having me. This is exciting. I know we hooked up what, a couple of weeks ago. You asked me to do this, and I've been I've been really looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, you've you've been a great partner in all this, making sure you to promote it every time, and um, and also we're going to have you on a show coming up uh, in a couple of weeks at on April twenty third at the Playhouse at White Lake. There it is. Shameless plug for you to come to the Clean Comedy Time show. Yeah, I'm excited about that. My cousin's flying in from Georgia to visit. You know, because wow. as you know, there's. He's going he's gonna to take a ride out there with me uh, through the great state of Michigan. So I'm excited oh, about that. Fun. Okay. That's... And yeah, because you just relocated. Uh, you were in D.C. and then moved to yeah. Detroit. You've, you've been moving around a lot. Yeah, we have because of work. We were in northern Virginia, to be exact. It's just, a lot, you know, it's a lot cooler to say D.C. But we were in uh, we were in Alexandria, Virginia. Oh, okay. And then this opportunity came up to live in Michigan for a while for my wife's job. And we didn't really know much about Michigan. And we've enjoyed it, man. It's a, it's a beautiful state. We, it's funny because now I've been talking about in my comedy, I've been talking about how we moved here in August. And I was like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. August is beautiful here in Michigan. Yeah. And I, I, I always joke that, you know, two weeks later when winter hit. Um, right. we, oh, yeah. So, no, but yeah. it's been a great experience and the kids have enjoyed it. And it's been cool so far, man. Oh, good. Good. And you have, uh, I'm trying to remember, you have two kids? Yep. I have two boys and we have uh, another one on the way in <gasps> August. Oh, how fun. I know. It's going to be oh. a third boy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You only know how to make them one way. Apparently. I, know, I, think I, might, I think I might start a moving company or something. Right? Yeah, there you go. Right. Or like a little league baseball team or something. I don't Maher know. and Sons. That's perfect. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what somebody else said. Maher and Sons. There we go. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, awesome. Uh, so let, let's talk about comedy. Uh, the uh, The world of comedy is far richer to have you in it. But how did you get into comedy and why? Well, I, I the truth is I always really enjoyed making people laugh. I didn't necessarily think when I was a kid, I didn't think, oh, my gosh, I must be a stand-up comic. I just knew I really enjoyed making people laugh. I didn't know I had the stage presence yet or delivery because you don't think about those types of things when you're first getting into comedy. You just know that you you, you want to make people laugh. You enjoy making people laugh. And then uh, when I was in high school, a friend of mine told me, she said, hey, my mom and dad apparently are going to this new comedy club that just popped up in Bristol, Virginia. It's either Bristol, Virginia or Bristol, Tennessee. Bristol, if you're not familiar with it, mm. split down the middle. Mm. Oh. A, yeah, the city is, 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 is split down the middle. There's, there's a street called Main or State Street or something, and mm -hmm. you can stand in, in both states. But I, I remember there was a comedy zone, which you guys have probably heard of that yeah. circuit. Oh, sure. And 
a comedy zone pop-up started at a bar in Bristol. And so Allison, my friend Allison and her parents offered to take me because I'd never been to comedy before and they knew that I was interested. So I went up there and after the show, I approached the MC and I said, look, man, there's no comedy around East Tennessee, but I, I think I was 18 or so, but I said, I want to give this a chance. I want to see how to, what's, you know, because when you're first getting into comedy, anybody who's on stage yeah. is famous in your mind. And you an know? expert. And yeah. an expert. And yeah. this guy, I just so happened to meet the nicest person and we're still friends to this day a guy named Shane Keith who was a who was a road comic and Shane said hey if you want to try it out look this is a this is a this is a brand new comedy zone here and uh why don't you come back next week and tr-? and he said he's the house MC and of course I didn't really oh. know what that meant at the time yeah but he, he they ended up making him the house MC because he was friends with the comedy zone and they trusted him etc so uh, Shane said come on up next week and I'll let you do um essentially what would be an open mic for you which would be mm-hmm. we'll call it a guest set but you'll do uh 5 minutes and 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 so I think I went up the I went up there the next week and just watched and was go, just completely in awe of this of this thing that was unfolding in front of me of stand up comedy just the very fact of going into the green room and the comics just sitting there it was so interesting to me and then they would go up there and perform and they'd come back and chat about it I was like look whatever this is I want to be a part of it that's yeah. that's that's <laughs> how I felt at that time and then so Shane was kind enough to let me come back every single Saturday and I would do three minutes, five minutes, whatever I felt comfortable with. And then eventually Shane felt comfortable with me to have me MC when he was out of town. So I, I would do that for a while. Then that comedy nice. zone, unfortunately didn't make it and I ended up uh, moving. But then every city I moved to, I would do what every comic does, you know, just try to link up with the, with the comedy scene and, you know, get to know them. Yeah. And, and uh, just to be clear, uh, you're not taking responsibility for them not being there any longer, right? <laughs> no, I'm not. But you know, what's funny, that wasn't the first comedy club experience I ever had. The first, this is just a little side story. The first comedy club I ever went to was, um, let's see, August of 2001 in New York City. And little did I know that a terrible event was going to happen the next month, obviously. Oh but, yeah. You know, I've got this really cool picture in front of the, 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 the buildings on, uh, you know, I guess that's from uh, Liberty, what is it? Liberty Island. Is that what it's called? Where the Statue of Liberty is? Ellis Island. Uh, Ellis Island. Excuse me. Thank you. So anyway, when we were in the city, you know, you, you do the touristy thing and you go, you go see stand up, And it was funny because I hadn't, I don't think I had done it that, at that point. I don't think I had, it was right there before I went to comedy zone, but I went to Caroline's and the headliner that night, I'll never, it's funny how things like that for a comic really stay in your mind. Sure. The headliner that night was Greg Proops and the feature act was Ted Alexandro. Oh and yeah. Yes. I, I'm a big fan of each of them. Uh, they're Me terrific. Too. And at, at at the time, I didn't know. I knew I'd heard of Greg Proust because of who's uh, whose line is it anyway, and I'd yep. seen him in some other stuff, but I didn't know who Ted was. And mm-hmm. I, man, I remember thinking, okay, this is uh, this is because it was a premier comedy club in New York City. Fast forward to probably a year ago, uh, after I finally got on Instagram and and followed Ted, I I emailed him. I emailed Ted Alexander. He was very nice. I said, listen, I'm just a comic in the Michigan area, but I wanted to let you know you're the first feature act I ever saw in yeah. New York city. And he specifically said, I remember that weekend. It was really cool. Nice. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, if the audience out there isn't maybe plugged into some of the things that are going on in comedy, cause the question I get all the time is like, where do you do comedy? Mm-hmm. And it's here in West Michigan, it's everywhere. I mean, it's right. every, every other bar has got an open mic night or something like that. But the other thing that is, I think so important is 
with all of the the social media at our fingertips, um, it's Facebook, it's yeah. Instagram, it's TikTok, and so on. And um, Ted is really active on um, uh, on TikTok, and um, and and it just you know real nice short clips of his comedy, so you get a real nice feel of that's right of how he performs. <laughs> I I saw him open for uh jim gaffigan i don't know if like i still out there working or anything but uh yeah, <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah he, um, he, i've seen him and todd glass are regular openers for uh yeah. for jim gaffigan that's pretty yeah, cool sure. I've, you're and you're right i've seen i've seen uh ted share a lot of those clips it's really cool yeah well i i know that uh not only getting introduced to the comedy the way that you did had a big impact on you, but also kind of where you were born and raised. Mm -hmm. I was born in uh, Lebanon. Give it up for hummus. <laughs> we eat that at Costco. Um, or is it Sam's out here, I guess. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's not promoted by either one of them, so... Um, I was raised, however, where all Arabs are raised... Uh, the Deep South. <laughs> that was fun. My fourth day of high school, this guy comes up to me. He goes, hey, look here, Jose. <laughs> you need to get your butt back to Mexico where you belong. I said, look, pal, I'm from the Middle East. He goes, what do you mean, like St. Paul, Minneapolis? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was mistaken for the wrong prejudice. That's, uh, right. <laughs> that's a shame. <laughs> uh, well, you know, honestly, uh, for having grown up in the South, your English is terrific. I know, it really, it really is. It really is. And you know, it's funny because uh, I was just talking to my brother Mazin. He lives in Australia, of all places. Oh. So, he, so he lives very far south. Really he, south. He just got into to performing stand-up. He's five years older than me, just got into stand-up. And we were talking about, he lived in the South for a little while. And we were talking about how, you know, we've always kind of made fun of, you always make fun of where you live. It doesn't yeah. matter whether it's the South, wherever you live, you're going to make fun of it. But the reality is we had really nothing but good experiences. I mean, it, it, no one ever was mean to me or made fun of me. And But, 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 but what I would do uh, is I would often in high school, middle school, college, et cetera, I would beat the people to the punch. In other words, I would make fun of myself before they could make fun of me. Yeah. So, mm. so they would go, well, we can't, we can't make fun of this guy's heritage. What, you know, we can't make fun of the food, the cult. He's already doing that. Yeah. And he's so much better at it than he ever would. <laughs> yeah. And I, so I was, I was kind of making fun of myself, uh, from the get go, it would backfire sometimes because oh. it would make people, it, it would make people a little too comfortable and they would start saying stuff back and you go, look, it's, you know, yeah, no. okay, <laughs> now you've taken it, you know, we're, you know, yeah. in, in a serious, and, and I don't mind, I can take a joke hundred percent. I don't sure. care. But, but then yeah. when it's, when it's set in an inappropriate setting, I'd be like, okay, that doesn't need to be said that way. But, <laughs> yeah. but you know, so that's what I would do. I'd make fun. And there was a, there was a maybe one or two minor instances of someone saying something that was kind of nasty to me, but it was so few and far between. I mean, it almost never happened really. Oh, I'm but, actually uh, relieved to hear that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, um, <laughs> It I mean, was, uh, USA. Now the thing about, uh, I hey, go back to Mexico where you belong is 
<clears throat> the reason I kind of picked up on that was because there were many of times where I grew up in, in uh, Upper East Tennessee where people just naturally thought I was Hispanic. And I couldn't hold that against anyone. They weren't exposed to a lot of uh, yeah. different cultures there. They, Tennessee's really changed now. It's become very diverse. And mm-hmm. my family in Georgia, it's becoming everything is a melting pot now. But, you know, people did ultimately think that I was uh, Hispanic or when they found that I was, I was, and this is true, this is very true. When they found that I was Lebanese, Middle Eastern, what have you, the first thing they would assume is that I was uh, Muslim. And, and, and that's, again, a fair assumption because what they were exposed to was uh, Arabic-speaking people know. from... Yeah, yeah well, that's what they know. Mm-hmm. And now the funny thing is, though, is I'd say, well, no, actually, my, my mom's side is Catholic, my dad's side is Orthodox. And, but the funny thing is, is the next question will be like, well, when did you convert from Islam? I go, no, you... <laughs> <laughs> we didn't all convert from... You think that's... so? But <laughs> like, again, it was one of those things, like, look, if you, here's the thing about it. I would not get upset because, like, look, man, if you don't know, you don't know. If, yeah. you, if you don't know a certain thing about a certain culture, it's okay to ask. It's okay not to be certain about it. I, yeah. I get a little bit annoyed with some people who are like, how dare you ask me that? It's like, yeah. well, they don't know. So yeah. the real question is, how do your parents handle the two Pope situation? That's what I, I know. I know. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because we lived in the South. My yeah. my mom's side uh, in Georgia, uh, there wasn't a big Catholic population. Particularly, there wasn't any Arabic-speaking Catholic population. So they ended up going to... Uh, uh, Protestant churches, English speaking Protestant churches. So a lot of them over the years from the late seventies up until today, just kind of went on to their own thing. I have a cousin who's a minister in the uh, Presbyterian church. I have family who's church of God. I don't know if you've heard of church of God in the South, Southern Baptist. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. It's really interesting. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, yeah. Um, so now to make fun of West Michigan, um, <laughs> uh, I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and it's a hotbed mm-hmm. of the Christian Reformed Church. Yeah. Uh, which, if if you know anything about it, then you're in it, because nobody right. else has ever heard of it. <laughs> but in West Michigan, it's, they just think, oh, it's just where this huge denomination. No, yeah. this is just where the headquarters is. Right. But, but from a demographic perspective, the largest Christian population here in uh, West Michigan is Roman Catholic. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but but it's all like under the radar. Like, yeah, yeah. we're not telling anybody. Yeah, and and we have a couple of Orthodox churches, and um, and then uh, and then you know, pick your Protestantism. It's here, and and we've got uh, mosques, and we've got uh, synagogues, yeah. and you know, and uh, there's a satanic uh, bar yeah. down the street with hell's angels <laughs> yeah. and stuff. I'll tell you yeah. an interesting story, and I just again I bring up my brother because I we just talked about this two days ago. Great. In in uh, I was a senior in high school. I was a year behind. Uh, I should have graduated already, but I was I was in two thousand one. I gra- two thousand two. I graduated college. However, September eleventh happened. September two thousand one, of course. Yeah. And I was in high school, and again, I had nothing but good experiences. Uh, my friends, you know, you get a little smart out comment every once in a while, but nothing mm-hmm. serious. And I remember uh, there was a there was a there was a principal who called me into his office. Um, and he said, "Hey, Maher, just want to just want to." He was a bit nervous. I felt bad for him. He said, "I just want to know: Is anybody giving you a hard time? Is anybody saying anything?" And I said, "No, sir, not at all." And he goes, "Okay, will you please let me know if anybody does?" <clears throat> and later, like I don't, this was high school, so like six months ago, I started thinking about him, and I was like, "Man, you know what? He did something very, very nice. He yeah. went out of his way to pull probably his only Middle Eastern school in the student, or excuse me, in the school." 
and 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 uh, and asked me that question. So I reached out to a teacher that I know on Facebook Messenger. I said, "Hey, Miss Browder, do you know if I could not remember his name?" And yeah. she said, uh, "Well, Maher, unfortunately, he died a few years ago." And man, it almost brought tears to my eyes. Oh, sure. You know, it's like, man, I just wanted to tell that guy, hey, look, you probably don't remember this, but this is what you did. And it meant a lot to me. Yeah. You know? Well, thank you for telling that story here, because I think it's something that everybody can relate to. At some point, somebody stood up for us. That's right. And and if you haven't had that experience, I'm so sorry that, and I'll stand up for you. What do do you need? Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, that kind of... Thing. I had an experience like that in um, in junior high where a, a guy kind of sat me down and said, hey, look, I know what's going on with you. I, I didn't have a great home life. And he's like, I know what's going on with you. And um, and he, here's what I'm going to do. And, you know, he just kind of said, I- I'm going to be here. And, um, yeah. uh, you know, I lost touch with him over the years. But um, I happened to go back to my old hometown for a 25th high school reunion. And I ran into his daughter. And wow. I said, oh, how's your dad and everything? He's, oh, great. He's here. He still lives in the same house and he's retired. Wow. But and then I actually got to have lunch with him the next day. And it it, it was absolutely wonderful. And it's just a, such a warm feeling. And when you said yeah. that you found out he died, as I thought about me thinking about my friend dying, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I would weep for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. It was, oh, gosh. it was, it was, uh, it was a very touching thing. And it's, it's one of those things that in life that's kind of passing. And, you, and I remember leaving his office, like, and I go, well, I don't want to be, I don't want him to think I'm different or anything. But yeah. now I go, man, you know what? That was really, really nice of him to, to at the very least say, Hey, not only, not only is anyone messing with you saying anything, but if they do, you come and see me, Yeah, you know, to, to go out of your way to do that. Not everybody would do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Boy, it's it's amazing how how deep of an impact uh, teachers have on us. Oh, you know, yeah, Brian, I'm, you st- I'm still friends with Mary, my fifth yeah. grade teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. she came uh, to my first wedding, but then I got divorced. So I kind of feel bad about that. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> tough. <laughs> probably his fault. <laughs> probably, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, uh, I know that you've lived in a, a variety of places around the country. Yeah. You've traveled a lot. And yeah. uh, I'm just going to play this clip here because I know you have a favorite airline. So I was living in uh, <clears throat> sunny San Diego for a couple of years. Anybody, any San Diegoans? San Diegans? A few? Yeah, beautiful city. Loved living there. And I had an amazing opportunity <clears throat> to um, do comedy in uh, Las Vegas. I was excited. My first comedy gig in Las Vegas. I was so excited. And the booker said, Meher, here's the thing. You gotta be here tomorrow. You gotta be here quick because we need the words to show. We, somebody dropped out. Please come in. I said, okay, no problem. I was gonna drive, but it's like five and a half hours. So I decided I would fly. I'm just like, you know, I was on a whim. It's like I'm a comedian. I gotta do this. So I get online. I make a huge mistake. I booked uh, Spirit. Has anyone done that yet? Does it fly here? Does it fly here, Spirit? To Salt Lake? I took Spirit. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, the ticket was $19. <laughs> The bag was 142. I don't understand how the bag has first class. It doesn't make any sense to me. So I get to the airport. It's this giant yellow plane. It's like sitting like this, and it takes like a deep breath. It was like, like it looks sad. The next thing is, the plane didn't actually take off. A giant man came out and picked us up and just threw us to the stage. And we just... I just love the theater of the mind of that that bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, as you described, a giant man came, and I'm right. I Poor believe spirit. you. Poor I can spirit. picture that. That's exactly what happened. 
Yeah. Poor spirit, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's uh, funny yeah. about that, that particular bit is, you know, when a comic goes to a different city, uh, medium sized city, large city, often what they will do is they will say, they will look up and say, Hey, what's a really small dirt town near there. And the yep. comic will say something like on the way over here, I drove through such and such town and the audience will go, you know, Oh yeah, that's a tiny little town. Mm-hmm. So the comic needs a reference point, even though they use that same bit, they use a reference point of a small city. Spirit Airlines is really just everyone's reference point for flying experiences in general, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> so if you had a really crappy experience on United or American, now you can just kind of put in Spirit and go, aha, Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I happened, I really did fly Spirit to uh, to uh, <laughs> to Las Vegas, but the point yeah. is, like, unfortunately, they've they've kind of taken the small town um, default answer. Yeah, the uh, the Shelbyville, if you will, or the, the Shelbyville. That's the, right, the Shelbyville of airlines. That's right. exactly right. Yeah, uh, and and Aaron uh, Aaron lives just outside of Grand Rapids uh, in Drenthe. Now, well, uh, I mean the Greater Zealand area. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so he he's my default now for um, uh, West yeah. Michigan small town. Yeah, uh, right. and, I, and I've and I've actually been saying. Sorry to interrupt you. I've been saying now. Uh, I, I, I've been doing having this joke about how I don't fly American or United or any of those airlines. I actually fly uh, UPS now. That's oh the way. great! <laughs> yeah, because oh. my wife gets a tracking number, so that's <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah, you really keep track of her. Oh, and if you bring the kids, yeah, yeah, it's so <laughs> much easier. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the time has come on our little podcast to take a break, but we'll be right back. Be sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts so it's easier for people to find us and like us on all your podcast favorites. We'll be right back. Oh, welcome back, Mahir. Thank you very much uh, for sharing in that first half. And in the second half, we like to get into what's going well and also what things you might be struggling with. So to kick things off, what's uh, what's going well for you right now? Well, you know, I, when I, Dry Bar was a big thing that went well that took some time to kind of um, open up a few more comedy doors. So I, I, I filmed Dry Bar in 20... Um, 19. I can't believe it's been that long. I think. Yeah. 2019 or 2020, 2020, maybe. I don't know. I forgot. But anyway, uh, when they released it, uh, January of 2021 on their Facebook page, that was nice because it, because it didn't, it didn't like, you know, get me the late show and tonight show or things like that, but it definitely got people saying, Hey, who is this guy? And my Facebook page started growing and a little bit on the Instagram and YouTube. So that was kind of nice to feel like, my first special kind of got me a little bit of traction and, and got me a little bit of attention. That was a good feeling. So that's, that's been going well. And then since moving to Michigan, I've met very nice comics and had some really cool experiences. I've been getting some fun booking here and, and domestically a couple of fun things coming up. And so that's, that's going really well. It's never enough, right? For a comic, you always feel like you're not, you're not doing quite <laughs> yeah, right, enough. Right. True story. But, I, but in general, it feels pretty good. So that's been good. And then of course I, and having said all that, having said all that, I'm having a baby as well. I guess I should mention that too. There's first, second, third, and then, well, I mean, uh, you know, you, you've had a couple of them. Right. <laughs> you've right. had more of them than, than dry bar specials, right? That's, that's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> and I, by the way, I was really, I, you know, every comic can go back and watch footage of themselves and go, man, this is just, I'm not, that, that wasn't said right, or that's awkward, or that's weird. But I was really, really excited and very grateful that mine was uh, one of the top 10 for uh, 2021. That was a good feeling. You know, yeah. I think it was number four. 
And that was a good feeling like going, okay, you know what? Maybe I am a comedian. You know, you have to kind (laughs) of remind yourself of that every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting to hear you talk about like things kind of springboarding. Like I've heard a lot of comedians talk about, you know, it's, it's never that one big break. Like there, you know, the dry bar special, that was a cool opportunity, but it sounds like uh, you're just as grateful for uh, other opportunities and meeting other people that that's opened up. For sure. It's not just a one all. And as we mentioned earlier, the social media game has completely changed it. Completely. I've met comics um, with, you know, hundreds of thousands, even millions of followers on TikTok. Um, and, and they're, and they're doing really well. So the social media game has changed it too. And, and getting that traction going and it's, it's a, it's a grind. You got to get the stage time. You got to get the social media has to keep going. It's a lot of effort, but like I said, dry bar helped sort of at least put me on some sort of social media radar, maybe way in the distant out near distance out near Neptune, but I'm still on the map at least. Yeah. Yeah, Well, you know, it, it seems like they've done a real good job of, uh, of kind of being a launching pad for a lot of, a lot of great comics. Yeah. Yeah. Several friends of mine have done it. They've had excellent experiences. I mean, they're, they are a very professional, uh, crew and they treat you well and they're, and they're, and they take their time doing it. It's, it's really a great time. I, I, like I said, I can't say it enough. I'm extremely thankful to dry bar comedy and letting me film a special. And who knows, maybe one day I'll film another with, with them or someone else. And we'll go from there. I was actually kind of silly, but I was really excited about the name. Personally speaking, I was really struggling to find the name and I just wanted it, my first one to be something very about me, very per, like I said, personally speaking. And I like that name. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you, what do you attribute getting that opportunity to do the dry bar special to? You know, it's funny. There was a guy I know, Mark Christopher Lawrence, uh, in, in San Diego. He's been, he's been on plenty of shows, TV shows. He's been on, you name it from Seinfeld. He's been everywhere. And, uh, Marcus for Lawrence, a very nice guy, a very talented actor and comedian. It happened to be in the DC area once he was headlining at the DC comedy loft. And I had to, fe- I was featuring for him and he's such a nice, warm guy. And uh, my friend, a comedian friend of mine, Gil in, 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 uh, DC said, Hey, why don't you just ask him, ask him, you know, he did dry bar. Maybe he can, maybe he can tell you at least if there's a booking process or how it works. So I said, I said, Mark, what, you know, is there a booking process? Do you think, will they take, you know, unsolicited uh, submissions, that sort of stuff. And he said, we'll just reach out to this guy here. Here's the email address, reach out to him, see what they say. And sure enough, they responded and said, all right, we, we think you'd be a good fit for our, for our style. Come on out. And I, I booked it in October. By the way, I had moved overseas. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I moved overseas for work. We had gone overseas. And then I came, I flew all the way from, from Tur- I was living in Turkey. I flew from Turkey all the way to Salt Lake City to, uh, to Provo to film, that, to film that special. Wow. 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 Yeah. So, so it sounds like, uh, sounds like it came from you actually like having, um, enough confidence in yourself to yeah. think you can do it. And then yeah. actually asking somebody for a favor saying, that's Hey, right. that's right. You know, that's exactly right. Yeah. I feel like I had enough. I knew that dry bar liked clean material. I knew they liked family friendly. I don't do anything that I felt like my stuff was good enough to do, to fill that. The only thing is that's weird about doing something like dry bar or a competition, comedy competition or a big festival is you're too aware of what you're doing. So when oh, you're too yeah. aware of what you're doing on stage, it takes away from the, uh, the rawness of it. The, 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 what's the word? Not like from the, uh, I don't know, from it being looked so, like so natural, the natural sure, yeah. of it. And so yeah. it ends up looking more like an act instead of being natural. 
Mm. And so I, I watch it now and I go, yeah, but that's not really how I, I'm not. I'm usually much more natural than that. But, yeah, and so and how, we, how big is that theater? It's, it's decent size. It's like a proper comedy club room, like a big, imagine a big comedy club room, but it, I, I believe it had a little upstairs section too. So gotcha, it's probably, yeah. if I had to take a stab at it, I would say it's probably a 250 mm-hmm. person room, maybe okay. like a, like a big comedy club, but it's got that theater energy in it. Oh, I see. And, and, um, but, but yeah, it when you sounds when like you were more aware of the cameras than the audience. Yeah, or, I was, I was yeah. aware. I was, I was too aware that I was filming something and I really wanted to get it right. And you do two sets and I think if I were, if any comics out there listening who are going to be filming dry bar or anything, filming anything or, or, or a competition or something, you kind of have to step aside and go, look, this is just another set. Yeah. Just go up there and have fun. Be yourself. Do the thing that you did last week at that one comedy place. It doesn't have to be really any different. And you yeah. can and you can watch some comedy specials uh, on Drybar and elsewhere, and you go, man, that 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 guy or gal looks very natural. They don't look like they're filming a special. They look like they're just doing stand up when and that's what and that's just what they do. And then and when I watch mine, I go, I was, I was almost like too aware of what was going on. Yeah, yeah, I know. With with me, I'll I'll be aware even if I'm just videoing or even audio recording it for my own use that's to right. listen back. You know, yeah. and from time to time, if I'm doing a set. Um, I'll just specifically not record it and just right. be like, okay, I'm, I, this, I'm just going to have fun with. And those are always better. At least I think they are. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. To prove it. Yeah. Right. That's why yeah. I've always had this weird theory that uh, the reason um, real life or the reason bloopers, remember bloopers, mm, they used to do blooper sure. reels on NBC. The reason those are funnier than the actual show is because it's so real to oh, see. Oh yeah. The, the yeah. actor break, you know, the, the all the '90s shows where they would show the actor breaking and laughing. Oh my gosh, that that person, whether it's Tim Allen on Home Improvement, Jerry Seinfeld, Bill, whatever show it was, they would laugh and you go, "Oh my gosh, they're human. They're laughing." And and they, and they and they're and that's kind of how I feel about stand up. You can tell when it's sort of stiff and awkward and still funny, like the normal show of an episode of any show, you name it. But it's so much funnier when it's just that natural oh, yeah. flow. Well, yeah. and people people want to be at a unique experience. They you know, do. And it, it's fine to have prepared material, but the right. prepared material <laughs> is really just to um, just to orchestrate or or uh, or make sure that that experience is going to be cool. Yeah, that, that's why I think, and this is kind of in left field a little bit, but that's why I think shows like uh, The Office and Modern Family were such a massive success because of that looking into the camera thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, there's that idea right, right. of, hey, I'm talking to you at home. We're sort of, it's sort of almost like documentary style. And similarly, stand-up is like that. When it's sort of, hey, I'm looking right at you sitting there in this show. I'm looking right at the, it's, anyway, it's oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I remember at Dr. Grin's one time, uh, the 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 comedy club that's not in Grand Rapids right now, maybe it'll be back sometime. But um, I, I was at Dr. Grin's and the comedian on stage uh, actually walked off of stage and sat down at one of the tables and really just did the show from sitting at yeah, the table. Yeah, and I've and it was so too. cool. It, it yeah. just such a good vibe. It is a good vibe. Yeah. It's, it's fun. I mean, any stand up is just it's so much fun and it's so fulfilling and so rewarding. And so long as there's an audience, I guess, but still. Super good stuff going on there. Thanks for sharing those insights. Uh, what's something that you're uh, struggling with right now? Well, I mean, 
obviously, like I said before, uh, no comic feels like, a, you know, they're ever getting enough stage time. So sometimes I feel like, man, I should be out there no matter where the stage time is, whether it's a 30 minute drive from my house, 10 minutes, I should be out there getting the stage time, getting the stage time, getting the stage time. So trying to juggle everything in life, you know, as with anybody else out there, it doesn't matter what you do, what your hobby is, what your job is. There's only so much you can do. So with, wow. with, with my wife uh, expecting in August and the two little boys trying to keep them entertained and, and keep them involved in sports and activities and then trying to do stand up, you know, it, it, it's, it's very, uh, it's tiring, especially as you get older. Yeah. So, um, but I'm, I'm doing the, so I, I, I'm doing the, I remember a friend of mine gave me some really good advice. He's not a comic, but I really liked what he had to say. I was complaining about not getting enough stage time. I was just like, man, I don't get enough stage time and nobody will book me. I was just kind of whining about it, frankly. And he said, he goes, look, it doesn't, and he, again, he's not a comic, but he said, it doesn't really matter right now. What matters is, are you writing? Mm. Because when the stage time comes, are you going to be able to bring your stuff? I mean, you can complain about not having stage time until you're blue in the face, but what if you're not writing? What does the stage time mean? And I was like, you know what? He's right. I'm not, I'm putting the car before the horse. I need to be writing because I want to have, instead of two pages of stuff, whatever, however you want to put it, I want to have three pages of stuff so that when the stage time comes, I can experiment with it and play with it and not just go, oh, wait, I have the stage time and I'm doing the exact same three jokes I did last time I had stage time. Yeah. Right. Wow. I, yeah. Boy, you just said a lot there because, yeah. you know, there there's many things about getting stage time that is outside of our control. But the right. writing, yeah. you know, we we all can do that. That's right. Right. Wow. And doing something is something I've learned that's kind of helped me. Not, if I don't get the stage time that I want, something that's helped me is, you know, one little joke inside of a inside of a little screenshot on Facebook or Instagram or what have you is sometimes enough to tell you whether you have a nugget there or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether you have, you know, you put something up there and then someone goes, oh my gosh, that's funny. That's it. So you, you can test out the premises through those little jokes here and there. And then, you know, and people will hit you up and say, Hey, I, I like that one. That was funny. And what I will do usually is you, everybody has, like, every comic has two or three friends that are non-comics that they trust, maybe one yeah. or two. Yeah. Aaron's mine. That's perfect. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so you send that to that person, they go, yeah, you got something there. And that makes you feel good. So even when you don't have stage time, you can post it on social media, you can send it to somebody else and say, Hey, this is a, this is a, an idea, a premise I'm working on. And then of course it expands on stage as you guys know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I look at both social media and really the, like the open mic experience as a good tool to tell you if something might work but it's yeah. not necessarily a tool to tell you that something won't work. <laughs> That's right. That's have you, you know. guys heard of Zoltan Kazakis? Oh yeah. 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 You know, Zoltan, he's, uh, uh, he, 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 he yeah. happened to be, uh, when I first moved to San Diego for work, he, he was, a he was, a, he was really, Zoltan was really something special. He was incredibly funny, incredibly talented, very likable, killer delivery, all the elements. And I was talking to another comic about Zoltan and someone said to me, that he told them. So it's like a grapevine thing. He said mm-hmm. this, this Zoltan told this particular comic, every stage time matters. Like every single, whether it feels like, you know, there's six people in the crowd, there's, there's two, every single time you get up there is making you just a little bit better. And I yeah. tried, I tried to, he, he probably doesn't even remember saying that frankly, but it's, it's uh it lasted on my mind. Cause like, you know what? So sometimes I'll go do gigs and I go, man, that was a 30, 45 minute, an hour drive. And there wasn't anybody there and they weren't really into it and they weren't paying attention. But at the end of the day, you got up there. 
you did your delivery, you did your timing, you, 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 you did it. So it, it does help you develop as a comic. Yeah. yeah. I always look at the, the open mics, even if there's, whether there's no audience or the only audience are the comics in the room or you're at a, a bar that wasn't expecting there to be a comedy show, right, right. you know, whatever your situation is, or, or you've got a hundred people in the room that are all there and excited for the open yeah. mic comedy show. It's practice. Absolutely. Every, yeah. It's yeah. like, well, I, I need to run this. I need to practice it. I need That's to right. try That's it. That's right. And um, what are you going to do? Try it out at the drive-thru? I mean, you, you have uh, to do it somewhere. Oh, is that not a... Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. I, know. I've, I think I've done it before. So no, I used to work yeah. at a drive-thru. I used to work at oh. McDonald's. Uh, well, so the only I reason to... I uh, ever buy coffee uh, is just so I can try my jokes out on the baristas. Yeah, of course. Because, uh, you know, yeah. they're stone-faced enough often. So, you That's know, right. they're, you know, uh, they're, yeah. they're a tough room. Uh, yeah, you could host, you could spend that whole, an entire episode about how comics uh, spend their day and who they talk to, and because you're yeah. right, some comics as a as a comic, you're you're often sometimes thinking, I want to try, I want to try, I want to really want to try to make this person laugh. I don't know what it is, I'm going to try to make them laugh. And then there's other days where you don't want to talk to a single human being. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's just the nature of comedic sure. personalities, I guess. Sure. I always yeah. find the the grocery store line is another option. Yeah, I just, I talked, I'm such an extrovert. I talk to people everywhere. Me too. too. But yeah. I remember one time, can I tell you a quick story? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of stupid. This is yours. This is your episode. (laughs) But this is, this was, this is just my personality. And my wife is like, what is wrong with people? Are always like, what is wrong with you? We were at a funeral and uh, Mm. I think it it was a relative. Like (laughs) it was some, I don't know, an uncle or something. And the, the funeral director for some weird reason, this town in Georgia has buried everyone that's died in my family. He 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 really has. He's, he's an excellent funeral home, I guess. You got you a guy say. is what you what, got. Yeah, you, you yeah, got yeah. A funeral guy. Uh, yeah. And so I, so we're, they're they're lowering the casket in the body, and I'm because I'm just so curious about everything. I'm just so interested about learning stuff, and I'm standing next to him, and I'm going, so how long does embalming last? You know, like it, and, 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 and people are like, what are you asking him that for? And he's, and I, I'm just curious, like how long I was just curious. Cause he's, he, I'm curious about it. How, does he ever get these kind of questions? Does he know the answer off the top of his head? But those are the kind of questions that I'm sitting there whispering to this guy. I literally was standing there near the, the cemetery asking these questions. You know, how long does it last? Do you, do you, are you getting used to how long you've been doing it? Exactly. Do you like it? I mean, <laughs> yep. How many people work for you right now? Who's here working for you? <laughs> Just stupid questions that don't matter, you know. Yeah. But I, but that's the kind of stuff I like to do. Uh, yeah, I think I think the important embalming lasts for the rest of their life. What's that? <laughs> uh, embalming lasts for the rest of their life. It does. <laughs> oh, that's funny. The rest of their life. <laughs> yeah. See, the reason that's funny. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Yeah. I just like asking, but that, but that, but it ends up being, you know, you have those kind of thoughts. You you ask those kind of questions. You post those kind of things on social media. Whether I ask that that funeral director about embalming, and then that leads it to a to a funny joke that that dawns on me like two weeks later, and then you post it on social media, and then you try it on a stage or vice versa, whatever. That's just kind of this giant ball of constantly moving, albeit very slowly moving comedy ball of material that's just yeah. kind of picking up stuff it's like it's like it's picking up stuff it's dropping up stuff it's picking back up you know it's 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 like a snowball effect 
I was going to say, now that you're in Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. And what's really interesting is um, like as that as that glob of comedy material is is working its way through, like oftentimes the best taglines or the best punchlines even will come from somebody in the audience or or another comedian that's like, hey, try this. You know, a a lot of my good punchlines, both of my good punchlines, in fact. Oh, uh, came from somebody else. Yeah, yeah, and especially you're right about the taglines. It's amazing you run something by someone, and a lot of times you think, oh, they're not going to have a good tagline, or they're not going to know what this is about, especially if they're not a comic. And they say something, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's actually really clever. That's really good. That could work. Yeah, you know. happens all the time. Well, uh, Maher, uh, as we bring this episode to a close. If somebody wanted to book Maher Mata or contact you, um, get you on a show, uh, what's the best way for someone to reach out to you? Thank you for asking that. And um, I finally, 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 after years of never doing because see, for the longest time, I didn't think a website was, was I didn't think you need a website until you're a comic. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I thought, I thought those who have websites are, the Gaffigans and Seinfelds of the world where it's like, Oh, I want to go see this person. I have to go to their website. I I didn't. So anyway, but what ended up happening was bookers and, and people just in general say, Hey, what's your website? And I go, I don't have one. So it got a little embarrassing after a while. Mm-hmm. And, and, and my brother-in-law who's a big it guy, uh, like three weeks ago, maybe four <laughs> weeks ago, yeah. messaged me and said, Hey, I just bought my hair matter.com for you. And I was like, and it, I, it was I, available. Oh, that was, he, he, he was like, he was, of course, he's smart, Alec. He said, before anybody else snatches it up, I said, <laughs> well, so I was like, oh my gosh, Derek, thanks so much. And I have no clue what I'm doing. So he said, I set you up an email. It's comedian at myhairmatter.com. I said, how did you do that? What does that mean? How did you, what do you mean? I'm a, I'm a website. I don't know what the hell is going on with this. Sorry, saying hell. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> And then finally, he's like, you know, you got to go to a website and you have to create this. So anyway, I say all that to say, I did finally put together MeherMatter.com, if you want to check that out, and comedian at MeherMatter.com, which by the way, since setting up that email, the only emails I've gotten have been the Microsoft 365 administrative email. <laughs> you betcha. Yeah. And it'll pop up and I'll go, oh my gosh, here it is. Here's some, a booker. And it's like, Mr. Nope. Matter, your website is, I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah. Come on. And then uh, the other one, so if you check out myhairmatter.com, the other one is um, surprisingly my comedy uh, Facebook page. <clears throat> People will message me on there all the time, and that's been kind of nice. So that's just Comedian Meher Mata on, on Facebook. That's been really handy that that people um because a lot of people don't use websites, man. They're all on Facebook, and they're just messaging you directly, you know? Yeah, sure. But those are the ways. Those yeah, are the ways awesome. to do that. Uh, and then, of course, we want to direct people to your dry bar, personally speaking. Yes, um, please. That would be great. Yeah. So we'll have a link to that. Uh, it'll follow the podcast around. And uh, and then, of course, uh, the shameless plug that uh, when uh, this podcast drops on Monday, uh, we will see you on Saturday in a beautiful yes. downtown Whitehall at the Playhouse of White Lake. It's this beautiful old theater. Um, and, uh, we've been there before. They do a great job. Uh, you're going to love performing there. And for those of you who so are thinking, thinking about, do I need tickets for this? The answer is yes. Uh, please get your tickets in advance. Um, and we want to make sure that we, uh, give, uh, Maher a nice full house. We should, really let's, let's put a link excited. to that in the, yeah, in the that's podcast a good idea. Too. We should, we should make sure yeah. we link to that as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I or do. they can always find that at, at another website, right? 
Yeah, cleancomedytime.com. Oh, oh, well, and well, I've well, put it on my website too, in case. Hey, too. Yeah, all right. yeah, yeah, and yeah. they could also find it at brianacomedian.com. So yeah, lots of options. Yeah, I, I, I got a website too. Do you? Nice. Uh, what what yeah. website is that? Aaron the unemployed oh. alcoholic. Oh, uh, I'm glad you asked. That's theunemployedalcoholic.com. <laughs> Perfect. Well, that's all of our shit. plugging them. Do you guys know Robert Mack? Robert Mack from DC. I don't. I he's don't either. He's brilliantly funny. He's going to be at uh, Mark Ridley's. Uh, I'm featuring for him next month in May. But the reason I bring up Robert Mack is because he he always comes up and goes, "Hi everyone, I'm Robert Mack from RobertMack.com," and that just makes me laugh. Every <laughs> awesome. Uh, um, Hare, what a wonderful time it was speaking with you, uh, and uh, we're so looking forward to seeing you next week. Absolutely, this is going to be a great show. Can't wait to see you there. Yes, can't wait. I lo- I'm really excited about it. Thanks for listening to the Clean Comedy Time Podcast. We bring comedians together performing their clean material at showcases, fundraisers, and other events. Our shows are free from forced language and topics. They work for anyone, anywhere. Check out cleancomedytime.com to find an upcoming show or to bring Clean Comedy Time to you. 